This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. First down. Jason Witt is in the end zone. Perry, sacked by Lowe. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it into the touchdown. Here are Mickey Spagnola, Ryan Broaddus, Rob Phillips, and Taylor Stern. Welcome everybody into the SWBC Mortgage Studio here at the Star in Frisco. We are ready for another great episode with you guys. How's everyone doing? God, it feels like we haven't done this in a while, doesn't it? Kinda, Why? yeah. It hasn't been though. I, yeah, I always, to me, you get such a in such a rhythm. You know, That's we haven't true. had that in a while, and now and then we're sitting there thinking, okay, now we got OTAs about to get into that rhythm. So that's what's different. That's what's different. Football yeah. is back. Yeah. It's Football here. is back. How are you doing, Mickey? It was back last week. I mean, vets back. Rookie mini camp, right? Yeah. 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 That's what you call that. They had meetings on the field. That was cool. Yeah. Meetings. You're yeah. right. There are owners' meetings going on this week in Atlanta, as yeah. well as the OTAs starting today here for the guys that fool first team activity for them to all get underway, and we'll have media availability tomorrow. Right. But this is the first thing going on this week, which I wanted to get into some things that will help understand what this team will look like in 2018. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of change. A lot happened this offseason. Of course, different releases, retirements, the rookie class. So I want to pose a few questions to you guys and see what you think will be answered during the OTAs. And um, Mickey, doing his due diligence, was just kind of, you know, using our surroundings Better here reporter. at the Star and checking out what's going on. And I think you actually got to my first question before you realized it when you walked in here. He said, I was looking to see who would replace Dez kind of being around the different locker room and different things. Yeah. So, Mickey, the question I have for you is, who do you think during this OTAs in the locker room might be that stepping up, you know, void fill-in for the leadership and passion presence that, of course, Jason Witten and Des Bryant have. I have no clue. They got helmets on out there, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I was looking to see who was going to be the last one out of the locker room. Yeah. Because Des was usually the last guy out of the locker room so he can make his entrance sort of the way Michael Irvin used to do back mm. in the day. Yeah. And they were still trickling out when it was time to get going here. So I was kind of looking for 83. Yeah, seeing if he's around. Well, he's been rehabbing, so yeah. we may not see a lot of him. Yeah, well, he wasn't going to take part in the right. in the drills, but I thought maybe he'd be out there unless he's trying to paint that light pole that he supposedly hit. Let me ask you this, though. In her question, though, you 83 a leader for you then? Hitting uh, no, because he doesn't have the personality to do it. Yeah. And he's not in the locker room that much anyway, so you got to go search and find him in the first place. Sure. Somebody's. It's not going to happen until they start playing games, until they start getting in the training camp. I mean, who who's going to, as a wide receiver, who's going to step up and talk? Other than Beasley was always there, right? Sure. Yeah. All right. Hearns got to earn his way. Right. Thompson got to earn his way. Gallup got to earn his way. I know Tavon Austin was here immediately after the draft weekend. He was here that Monday. And I'd be curious to see how his personality is going to mesh with this group. You know, he looks, at least from the social media aspect of what he's posted and put out there, looks like he's got a, you know, vibrant personality. He has fun. He dances in videos. I don't know if you guys have seen those. But, you know, I'm curious to see if he'll kind of mesh with them 
and how he will. Because Alan Hearns, we've gotten a chance to talk with him, and he's he's more laid back. You yeah. know, kind of seeing how that will fit. Yeah, I I, I think that you know to. I don't know if the if the if the leadership is going to come from if to answer your question in, in a big, you know, a big uh, view. About. Yeah, I don't think the leadership is going to come from a wide receiver, you know. And, and naturally, you'd say it's the quarterback, but then this offensive line has such a influence on what happens. I correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm starting to hear more from Tyron Smith than I did in the past. I'm yes. starting to hear more of a voice, and maybe within his own group, that that voice has always been there. But we're starting to see, and not Tyron Smith is like, "Hey, you know me. I don't really like to do." But but I think that you're starting to kind of get an idea that maybe that Tyron Smith is now going to be this guy, him and Dak, and you know Zeke, if you say one. But I think it's going to come the real leadership from from this team is going to come from a guy like a Tyron Smith or a, of course, Sean Lee, that type of a person. There was a, a story a couple years ago where Tyron Smith got in front of everybody in the meeting room and said, if you guys aren't all in, yeah. just get out right now. And it was kind of surprising to hear because, like you said, his personality is more reserved. I think he's one of those guys that will speak if, if needed to. And I think that's important without Witten here because I think Witten had the same type of presence I don't think he was Michael Irvin, like Mickey's reference, where he's, you know, the Pied Piper and always talking, always talking. But when something needs to be said, Tay, I think it depends on what type of leadership, you know? Because mm -hmm. yeah, we offensive are talking line, about two different things. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah offensive, the offensive line leads by example. I mean, they are highly respected because of the way they go about their business, to Brian's point. The let's, way they let's play. Let's not yeah. mistake doing interviews in the locker room and being available to being a leader. Yeah, we don't know everything that right? goes on. Joe Looney yeah. will talk every day if you want but, to but talk I to him. But I think that we're starting to see more. Uh, I'm not taking it as leadership, as leadership as media interviews. I'm just taking it as a guy that we don't always see step. Travis Frederick steps up for the offensive lineman. Zach Martin has stepped oh, up. Oh, I know that, but I'm saying we don't don't confuse it with not confusing it at no, all. I'm, not I'm just, I'm I'm saying. just, I'm I'm just saying a guy who isn't saying media. I'm just saying a guy that normally isn't an outspoken guy is you're starting to see more from him. That's that's and maybe that's something that that is going to translate for them. Uh, they're going to need somebody. They're going to need somebody in that room, and it doesn't have to be as 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 dynamic as Jason Witten. But there's going to be somebody's needs going to step up in that room. But because they got a lot of young guys in that room that are looking around and they're thinking, you know, oh, okay, well, who's who do I who do I latch on to? Who's my guy? Who, who's you know? Yeah, and you better find that. The main point of this is that this is the first time that the rookies and veterans are really mixing together on the football field, interacting, learning things. You know, it's pretty funny. I was talking to someone who works in football operations last week. And I said, oh, these rookies are so excited to do yeah. so much. And he goes, yeah, they haven't been around the vets yet. Yeah. He goes, just wait until they're around the vets in a couple of days, and you'll see how things change pretty quickly. How Connor Williams gets used to working Ex with that, that group of offensive linemen. Exactly, because yeah. you're coming from a different system – college is so much different than the professional level and understanding that once you get around these guys you might just tailor your personality a little bit differently well I think they did a good thing of having those rookies out there watching uh the the 
strength and conditioning workouts over the last since they've been here what, absolutely two, two yep. weeks yep they didn't do anything they yep. watched and then they came out later in the afternoon and did their strength and conditioning work but they had them all out there standing and watching what was going on so they understood okay this is the way we practice this is the drills we do and i think that helps kind of get them moved into because they're gonna there's those young guys some of them are gonna be starstruck when they sit there and they line up yeah but let's be honest here though there's a lot of veterans that are in the same boat we got a, a whole new group of coaches out there too right these drills and the way things are going to be taught are different i mean they're, they're, those ve- yeah. those veteran guys are thinking okay sanjay Lau's drills i've never run around a pole here and had to sink my hips and Derek Dooley did it this way. I mean, there's drills that they're having to learn. I mean, I, I want to. There, there, there's actually some. Excuse me, Rob. There's some. There's even footing in a lot of it. The experience is great, but the experience with these coaches is a pretty equal for all these guys. I want to watch Chris Richard with the young You're secondary kidding. guys more than anything. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's another thing that we definitely need to talk about. But I think you know, Mickey, you brought up the rookies getting starstruck, but. Some of these rookies also have the ability, you know, we brought up Terrence Williams, maybe not practicing or participating with the foot rehab. They have an opportunity here in these OTAs to at least show flashes. Cam Kelly has been a name of an undrafted rookie that people keep throwing around that he has an opportunity during these OTAs to prove his, you know, spot on this team. They're going to have somebody make this team that's a, a, an undrafted rookie, Tay. I, I, you're absolutely right about they that. They always do. Yeah. yeah. They're, it might be two, it might be three guys. That's the great thing about – they do a great job with their undrafted class. But you you're mentioned Cam Kelly. Yes. with with there, There's guys that now have a fresh start. There's some guys that maybe the previous coaching staff and the, the, the kid White, I always bring him up, the, the corner that they drafted. Marquez from, White. Marquez White from Florida State. In the old system, he might not have been as valued as he is now because of the way he physically looks. He has the talent on the practice squad basically the whole year. He now has a fresh start with this, with the way this current coaching staff mm-hmm. is. You have to see a guy like Jordan Lewis. Maybe Chris Richard's opinion of – of Byron Jones is, yeah, he. I saw a corner all the way here. I saw a corner. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, yeah, let's move him to corner. Well, what do you think about – well, Jordan Lewis is a little short for me. Well, now Jordan Lewis, after having a pretty good rookie season, needs to say, okay, well, maybe I've got to prove to Chris Richard – that I can play a little bit here. Chris Richard is definitely on there, and we're we're getting a little excited about it because he is an exciting name to talk about. But out of the guys that you've seen so far, and we've had the privilege of seeing some rookie minicamp, who do you think is going to have the best chance to show those flashes to possibly have an opportunity to even possibly start the season? I think – well, I think Gallup has an opportunity – Right off the bat, Michael maybe Gallup, Michael Gallup, third round pick to get some extra reps because I don't, I don't think we're going to see Terrence Williams no. in, the, in the off. You're season. not going to see him till training. No, not at all. I wouldn't yeah. think so. So you know, hey, Ryan Switzer, not here anymore. Had an opportunity in the off season to get some extra reps, get kind of ahead of the game. I think that's a chance for him. I think when everybody's healthy, I would, I would predict Alan Hearns and Terrence Williams as your starting receivers. But what happens midway through the season? You know, maybe Gallup has a chance to get a head start and continue developing to the point where maybe he's a starter by midseason. You see, the key thing with yeah. all these new coaches is everybody's going to be out there trying to impress their new boss. No doubt. So no one's going to feel like they just got grandfathered into their start. Now, right. obviously, the guys on the offensive line, the three pro bowlers, they're pretty uh, secure in their position. But just think back to when you were a kid. 
and, 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 and you got a new coach or you went to a new team, well, you tried a little harder because you wanted to prove yourself and right. make sure they saw who you were. It's one of the reasons they, they tailed back the work in rookie minicamp because the guys weren't ready physically and they didn't want him going 200% to try to impress Chris Richard. Just kind of let him ease in, you know. The name that I'm, I'm looking to see out there is Leighton Vander Esch. You're going to get three starters out of this group. Tell me My who predict. they are. Before, the, before midway through the season. Absolutely. Vander Esch is going to start. I'm going to, I'm going to throw Dalton Schultz's name out there. Uh, I I'm think with you there. Mickey, and I, Mickey said they might open 11 personnel. That's okay. But when they get back into that, when they get back into normal personnel group, Dalton Schultz is going to be your starter at tight end. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. And then you've got Connor Williams. Connor Williams is going to start at left guard. And don't go to sleep on Gallup. Yep. That's why. No, I. Well, yeah, man, if you want to throw yeah. four, if you want to throw four in there, I, this team after the Chargers game last year proved that they're. You know what? Just put the young guys out there. You know, and they were fighting for a playoff spot well, it's, too. It's, they it's, probably had not much of a choice, but still, if you, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's unusual for a coaching staff that might be. And again, this is me. This is not anybody else's opinion. This is a coaching staff that might be coaching for their jobs. Okay, so usually you don't throw young guys in the mix. You usually put veteran guys out there and say, okay, but you know these are kids they selected, and they're going to say if these guys can help us get to where we need to be and it helps us maintain our job, then by all means play those guys. But like Mickey said, you could you could have four guys, you could have four rookies start opening day for this football. I mean that team. was that was the plan last year until they all got hamstring injuries. Yeah, you know I mean. May the best woman win, and that was that was the plan in the secondary. At least I'm with you. I don't four is a lot, but hey, it's a young football team. There's not a lot of guys that have 10, 15 but, years in the league anymore. But There's think no about whether think about where they're playing. Think about the positions they're playing. You know, if you look at the positions they're playing, would you feel better about a veteran player? I mean, Jeff Swain, maybe. Yeah, you feel better about that. You feel better about Terrence Williams playing. I think I think it's what we talked about with Cheeto and those guys last year, like. The experience gives a Jeff Swain maybe an edge now. Right. But boy, by the time you get to the end of he August and September, yeah, yeah, he said I mean, midseason. He's yeah. might be right. Give him a full preseason. I mean, think about I'm not happened. waiting that long. Think about what Play happened him. with Cooper Rush last year. He kind yeah. of moved in, moved yeah, in, right. and all of a sudden, oh, he's our backup quarterback. Uh-huh. It doesn't have to be right off the start. If you can go back, you know, Russell Maryland was the number one pick in the draft. Sure was. He didn't start until like game eight or nine. His rookie year was a talented defensive line, though they had. Well, it it was, but he still got in there eventually. Eventually, you know, same thing with Kevin Smith. He didn't start right away. Sean Lee, yeah. So, but are we in a different era, though? No, I, I I think if you have a veteran that can hold down the fort until the guy's ready, he's got to be ready. They can't give away games, though. But you can't. You got to be ready. Yeah, but you could give away games by putting young guys in if they're not ready. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. And you know, coaches they they this they coach, want to make sure. No, no, and I I, I think and again I've been very adamant about this. This coach it's it's all it's last chance. You know, let's figure it out. I mean, hey, you've got they, they drafted these kids, put them in there, let them play. You know, if that's if that you would rather have your fate in your hands with guys that you select. Well, you said it. I, what you said to me about position is is the most important thing linebacker they, in, they need linebacker. a guy those two spots you get you need a guy who can play a lot of snaps just the way based on the way the offseason's gone losing guys what you guys are all telling me is actually giving me a lot of optimism right now and it's giving me optimism because of the fact that you're kind of in a recipe 
for everyone to do their best. And they're yeah. up against the wall. And as we've heard Brian say many times before, desperate football teams win. Yeah. And, you know, Mickey brought up a great analogy of the fact that these guys are showing up. It's their first impression, first chance to show them everything they got. On the opposite side, the staff and the coaches are doing everything they can to keep their job. So they're both – Yeah combining you have success. to you have to well, I mean, shame they, on them if they weren't doing that before no i think I, and you got new coaches i, I i'm with right? you right do you I'm see with, my point brian no i do see your point and and I, i'm also in a, in a they've also made a lot of changes at coaches because to your point shame on them for not doing what they were supposed to do well and, and i'm saying and these guys are first year coaches they're going to be coaching hard yeah. regardless yeah. right yeah. yeah i mean you know, with so many guys in with different positions, yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're going to be coaching, you know, real hard. Uh, but Rod Marinelli, he didn't coach hard. No, no, he coached hard. Linehan coached hard. Uh, now you got new guys, and uh, they're trying to make their way and improve what they know. But you, you still have to give guys a chance to show what they can do. Because I guarantee you, when they line up there, you think Connor Williams is going to be with the first team left guard? No, probably not. It'll probably be... They'll, they'll go it, with it, a veteran it, guy Chaz till the guy Green, earns his way. Exactly. But right? it, it, it'll be Chaz. Yeah. I mean, they'll put yeah. Chaz Green in. You're right about that. This team better than it was at the end of last year? I, I don't know that we can say that. It's I a really... heavy question that we answered on Roundtable two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that you can say that. I think... Leadership with the part. play with okay, so getting rid of uh, Witten retiring, losing, Des Bryant gone. Yeah, losing Witten, I think that voice, that presence in the locker room, I think there's something to that. I think you still have to have receivers emerge for Dak. I do think what I've the thing that encourages me most, particularly offensively, is the offensive line because I do think Connor Zeke. Williams is going to be your left guard. I think that guy playing 16 games, you hope, yeah, it's going to help you out a little bit. You always say hope with him. Kind of <laughs> hate that. Well, I'm thinking injury too. If he yeah. can have a healthy season. Uh, but yeah, there's guys that have to emerge. And to Tay's point, I, I agree with what you said because competition receiver is the best example of that. They went out and they got Tavon Austin. You can call him a receiver, running back, whatever. They they have a lot of guys at that position, even without Dez. They're trying to make it competitive as, as heck, and uh, I think I think that's going to create some some nice competition. I can't wait. And just from our first segment here, you guys know that we will have a lot to talk about because we barely scratched the surface. Of course, we have to talk about the owners' meetings and uh, deck friendly. So that is up next after this break. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice-cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. 
Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. So stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Families and fans of all ages are invited to step into the NFL Draft Experience presented by Oikos Triple Zero. This free football celebration features player appearances, photo opportunities with the Lombardi Trophy, and more, all taking place at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, April 26th through 28th. Plus, more fans than ever before will get the chance to be inside the theater to see selections made live. Register now at NFL.com slash Pass and check in at NFL Draft Experience to be part of the action. This is Talking Cowboys. Crunch time is when you've got to stay cool, especially here in late May. And nobody's better at keeping you cool under pressure than Tommy John underwear, fabrics that keep germs and perspiration, Brian, at bay. That means no discomfort, no adjustment. Tommy John, no adjustment needed. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. No germs? No germs. Or perspiration. It's over. Both of them. Flee them where it counts. Yeah. Yes. All right. We are back here, and the guys are talking OTAs, everything that is happening on the football field. They're back out there one step closer to the 2018 season. And while we've been in the offseason, we've been talking a lot about what this DAC-friendly term really means. Hmm. We've heard it thrown around, different people trying to understand it. Well, we heard from Dak last Wednesday at the Reliant Energy Home Run Derby. He was speaking to the fact that it's not really Dak friendly. He said it's Cowboys friendly. Yeah. It's Cowboys friendly. So different different understandings, interpretations of the phrasing. I know, Rob, you've spoken to the owners at different meetings and different things like that about how they feel about it. Yeah. What do you think? I, I think it's it's a we talked about it in the break. I think it's a dumb term. I really do. I think it's because it goes back. Jerry came up with it sort of, but he said it ten years ago about Romo, and it, and in, when he said it, it made a lot of sense. And I think it's a general term because we're talking about two different quarterbacks now. So what does that mean? It means that it's you put your quarterback in the best situation possible. Every team tries to do that. So I thought Scott Linehan talking to him. Of, uh, about a week ago, he's about the nicest guy you'll meet, but he was pretty sarcastic about it too. He said, oh, that's a fun narrative. Oh, we got a sarcastic that's, teammate that's, too. That, that's, a, that's a fun narrative term, and it is. I mean, you want to build an offensive line around your quarterback, good, solid, dependable receivers, solid running game. Every team's trying to do that. So, right. but, but, and, and obviously they have a lot invested in Dak. He's their guy. So, Clearly, that's what they're trying to but do. But don't you think that it's a fair thing that they've said and talked about? Because you look around the league, and you I've heard you guys even mention it. There are certain teams that when they do kind of put everything around their franchise quarterback, things seem to fall in place. We've like seen- going 13-3 and three in 2016? Yeah. You had a quarterback over his first well, 24 games in the league 
that had a 102.3 quarterback rating. So what wasn't friendly over the first 24 games of his career? He wasn't a quarterback that got eased in. They threw him to the fire. They went 13-3. I I would have to say what wasn't friendly was something that we've all addressed in here is the offensive line. Well, but they still were averaging 28 points a game the first eight games last year. So now you tell me what changed. What changed in the last eight games? The offensive line. There was no backup for Tyron Smith. There was no backup for Tyron Smith. That's not Dak friendly. That's Cowboy friendly. Yeah. There was no Ezekiel Elliott for six games. There was no Sean Lee for those games. Those are the things that affected them. They went from averaging 28 points a game to 17 points a I th- game. I think what it does is it takes it a little out of context. Like when Jerry created it about Romo, it's about to create the best environment for Romo, for the offense, for everybody. And now it kind of now we're attributing it to Dak, and it's like it's all on Dak's shoulders, and it's not. It's it doesn't it's matter. It's on the team. It's on the entire team, and put him in the environment to have success, and everybody else. I mean, the running game wasn't the same without. Uh, some of those guys that you mentioned as well. Yeah, what the, the receivers too. I mean, it all kind of flows together. So it's an offensive thing, really. So I'm in agreement with you, Mick. Good. Yelling and at no me, but I'm in agreement. Each other. We're in no, agreement. I mean, well, if the owner and general manager would have come out and said a cowboy friendly thing, I think then we all would have agreed to that. That that's what the whole idea. When we when we were trying to do the autopsy on the season, what were the various things we were talking about? Again. Offensive line. You talked about, I was talking about Cole Beasley. You know, not getting, I mean, there's, there's things. Sean Lee. Everybody had an idea of what the, what the problems were here. And they always say, oh, make it friendly for the quarterback. No, make it friendly for the team. Make it friendly for everybody. That's that's really what this is all about. That's why they drafted the guys they did. They drafted another guard high. They tried, even though they had Pro Bowl offensive linemen. They, drafted, they knew they needed a linebacker. I mean, all these things that they knew they needed, they went out and got. And that's That's team-friendly right there. Team-friendly, because that goes into the coaching staff as well. They knew they needed to make those changes in certain coaching areas, and they did that as well. So that's a full team. Yeah, well, that that that's you're, you're absolutely it, right. It, it feeds into this narrative that oh, sophomore slump for Dak. What can we do to make him better? Well, it's not just all about him. We saw that it, it's it, you got to have Zeke on the field for 16 games. You got to have Tyron somebody Smith replace yeah. Tyron Smith if needed. I mean, it's not just Dak, yeah. and, and that's that's the narrative that I think it kind of rubs people the wrong way. And that's not the way it was intended when it was created. I don't know, 2008, 2009. Yeah, that's when Jerry said Romo friendly. It, it applies to everything. I think it's great, though, that Dak Prescott is not buying into that. Well, I mean, he, he's always going to be – it's about the team. With him, his success is always going to be about the team. But I think Mickey's right. I mean, I, I do – I mean, I don't think things have changed for him and what he's trying to do and how he's prepping for these games and getting ready. I think the players around him affect how he plays. But you could say that about anybody. Sure. You could say about any quarterback in the National Football League. It is. It's about the team. How can I get better offensive linemen? How can I have a better running game? How can I have better offensive play calling? These are all things that factor into the success of the quarterback. If you don't have one or two or three of these things, your quarterback is going to get replaced every single year. That's why yeah. I, I chuckle, it's just reality. I chuckle a little bit of people will say, well, everything has to be perfect for And that. then you look at the Eagles. Right. It, everything's pretty perfect for, for Nick Foles. And, I mean, taking over for a guy who was the starter and an yeah. all-pro type guy, you got to yeah. have the pieces around you. Now, does Dak need to get better? Absolutely. He's talked about it. He needs to, you know, pretty much everything. 
accuracy, footwork, all that stuff. That's part of being a third-year quarterback who's, what is he, 24 years old? And staying off his back. Yeah. Do you realize he was sacked 32 times last oh, year? no question. 22 were in the last eight games. No question. That means 10 in the first eight games. Had some, had so some, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. I th- what I, happened was what you just said. They didn't have the right is, backup. Yeah, what happened is they took a second-round pick, and they went out and spent money in free agency on a, on a couple of offensive linemen and still drafted a guy. Dax Which allowed those friendly. guys to be the backups now instead exactly. of having instead to start of, and exactly. having to move Lael Collins. And they took the heat on the thing in Atlanta. Yeah. They did. We've talked a lot about Chris Richard, and we've talked about Sanjay Law. How do you guys think Paul Alexander will – be able to help this offensive line group? And will he specifically be able to help Chaz Green? Well, I hope so. It, it, that's all going to be about confidence with him. Yeah. you got to see if he's... I just can't believe that Chaz Green beaten. is that bad. Yeah, and he's not. And he's not. You know, but, now, but they did him no favors. They did him no favors playing him at guard. And we and the, the head coach has been very forthright about that. Hey, we shouldn't have played. We should have probably kept it tackle. It was more important to this team to have a suitable backup left tackle than it was to have a starting left guard. He's got Willie Anderson, Paul Alexander, one of his former players. Willie Anderson coming in, maybe working with these guys one-on-one. That guy's been a pro bowler in this league. Maybe that can help. He's worked in a lot of different systems. He's worked with different guys, groomed different guys for, for starting roles. I mean, he's got experience to do it. For Chaz, I just think it's confidence. You've got to find a way to forget about it. Don't all that reinvent stuff. the wheel here. Yeah. Don't reinvent the wheel. You've got three all pro linemen. You know, mm-hmm. find a way to play to their strengths, find a way to coach them the best you can. If you want to develop Connor Williams, let Connor Williams watch these guys play. Playing between Tyron Smith and Travis Frederick will be the best education he can ever get. Back to Rob and Mickey's point about Chaz Green's confidence. I think there is something to that. And luckily, we were able to kind of get an insider look that we normally wouldn't have seen with All or Nothing, the Amazon show. You know, everyone was looking at that week eight game against the Atlanta Falcons and what went wrong. Yeah, the game plan was bad. Well, if you're looking at, you know, they were able to film practice and something that really caught my attention was that they were building up Chaz throughout that week. They were building him up. You know, they kept saying, oh, you got this, Chaz. Chaz, break us down in the huddle. You've got this. And if you watch who he was going up against in practice, he was mainly going up against Taco Charlton. Yeah. And, you know, in all respect to Taco Charlton, he's a rookie who's still getting it. We've talked about what his expectations were in the development there. But he almost had this false sense of confidence going into the Atlanta Falcons game because of the fact they were like, oh, you've got this. You're you're taking over. I think that... to me, maybe it wasn't going against Taco. Maybe it's the fact that he made two quality starts the year before. You know, San Francisco. False confidence? No, I don't think it was false at all. I think he played well against uh, the Chicago Bears and Cincinnati and our San Francisco. He made those starts. He wasn't terrible in those games. It's in the Atlanta game, it started going bad. We've talked about this. It started going bad, and then it got worse because he just lost his technique. He lost just – I don't. it's like he forgot – what he was doing out there, and it just snowballed and let, got worse. Let me tell you what, pressure from offensive line play sometimes is also manufactured by what happens on the outside. If you're not running routes and not getting open and not finding space out there and the quarterback's having to hold the football because he's not sure because every ball he's thrown that's gone inside on slants been knocked up in the air and brought back on him at times, You know, I think those are the things that you start to think about a little bit. 
So again, it, it's not all on Chaz Green, and I'm not trying to defend Chaz Green, but I have seen him play better than he played. The other, there's no question about that. And the right defensive end doesn't have to worry about the running back going to the house on any play. No doubt. They didn't care. Yeah. Alfred Morris, nice, but he's not going to threaten the back end of the yeah. defense. Yeah. Zeke's not there, so all they did is Claiborne said, okay, I'm pitting my ears back, and I'm going after the quarterback because yeah. he's the only guy that can beat me. Couldn't stop him on defense in the second half, basically. Sean Lee went out with an injury. I mean, what was the score at halftime? 10-7? 10-7, yeah. Yeah. See, that, that to me, there's, you're still in the ball game right there. They just could not get a stop or two that they needed in order to help Chaz Green. It's amazing how we're still talking about that game because we need to be because it's, it's, the, it, game it's the reason that, why Connor Williams is here. I, I don't disagree. Jerry said it. You know? I don't disagree. It was almost traumatizing for this team. Yeah, I mean, Scott Linehan and, said it all or nothing. About, it threw us and, back and for maybe, a loop. And maybe the reason why the receiver's here, because he's going to find a way to get open. He's going to separate. He's going to run his routes and be able to find space. There's a lot of factors. Hey, that might have been the job. That, that might have been the thing that got uh, the, the offensive line coach fired himself. I mean, think we're talking Chaz Green. Well, the next guy that went in was no better. No. Byron Bell. Right. And they and, kept and him look, look on. The, they, and they, exactly. He was on the 53 the whole season. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden he's starting and he was just as bad. Yeah. That's that a lot of changes happened in that one game. A lot of changes. Mm-hmm. That, that, and you, and you, but as a, as a staff, you got to hope, hey. But I, I, I hope they just don't just discard Chaz Green. I really, I hope they don't. Again, Mickey's right. It's a confidence thing with him. Maybe Paul Alexander can help him a little bit there. Or at least he'll teach him. Mark Colombo, those guys. He'll teach him how to get ketchup out of a bottle. That's what I'm hearing about. Yes, Mickey's referencing to the fact that Paul Alexander wrote a book a while back and explained how he could spot offensive linemen's talents based on how they poured a ketchup ketchup bottle. Yeah. You know why? It's smarts. It takes smarts to pour ketchup. I love it. That's what it is. You don't have to be a he-man to keep pounding on the bottom. (laughs) You have to figure out how to get the air out of the bottle so the ketchup comes out. Technique. That's technique. So you squeeze at the 57, huh? Fundamentals. I'm glad you brought up Willie Anderson because uh, I don't know if you saw his tweet that was going around last week of him. He filmed Tyron Smith out there. He said, I love watching this guy do sets. He's just Mm -hmm. an absolute pro. And I mean, you really don't see... Tyron doing that too frequently, but mm-hmm. hopefully Willie gets these guys kind of out of their comfort zones. I'll tell you what, I was impressed, I and mean, we talk a little bit about Willie Anderson, but I was impressed. Paul Alexander was not here the weekend of the rookie uh, camp, and Mark Colombo was running the drills, and I, I, I liked what I saw from Mark Colombo. Mark Colombo is going to be one of those guys that will be an offensive line coach for somebody. He might not be an offensive line coach here. They, they but, definitely but he, considered him. But he will, yeah. be, he will be an offensive line coach for somebody. promise you that. He, he has got, he's got, the, he's got the, capability, the mental capabilities. He's got the experience. He's a good teacher. He's hands-on. You can see the way he's working with the rookie guys, that they were getting a little bit better with the drills from practice to practice because of what Mark Colombo was able to do. If you want some insight, I was told on Paul Alexander, go listen to his commencement speech. He went back to small college, and I forgot to do it, but I heard it it was Cortland College. And uh, they said, you'll find out a lot about how impressive this guy is by just listening to his commencement speech. Let's hope he doesn't try and reinvent the wheel here. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. But that's that's good 
knowledge and curiosity to see how these guys will do with that. The other one I'm looking at as far as new coaches is Ben Bloom, who of course is stepping in for Eberflus, Matt Eberflus, who moved to the Indianapolis Colts. DC. But Ben Bloom taking on this linebacker coaching job, especially when he has the first round pick in his group. Right. He's got, and he's got, and he's got to also he's got to pick two in Covington as well. So he's got a couple of and Jalen Smith in his Jaylen, second year. Yeah, exactly. Jaylen so he's got Smith. a young group there, yeah. with, with the exception of Sean Lee. Jalen Smith. I'm curious to see him work with the guys. That's kind of somebody I'll be eyeing tomorrow. Yeah, and, and this is this is a team that that needed linebackers, and now now you've really here you've drafted a couple. Uh, you signed one too. They signed the the from the Packers, Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas yep. from the Packers. So they're trying to remake this group. You might here's a group that might have another younger, uh, maybe the fifth or sixth guy is another young guy that you know. Just keep an eye on that. I, I don't think that position is far from settled yet. I think there's going to be some players that are going to move around. I think they're going to use the waiver wire. I think they may, potentially could make some trades. That's a position to me that that you cannot be bad at. We've seen what happens when you're bad at linebacker. And you get exposed. And depth, because all it takes yeah. is one in, or two injuries. That's right. And we and, saw it last year. And and the, Ben Bloom is going to have to be, he's going to have to, he's going to have to teach these guys. He's going to have to be, he's an attention to detail guy. That's one of the things when he first yeah. got here, that was one of the things that Rob Ryan always talked that he knew the defense better than anybody else. So he's always, he's, since Rob has left, he's taken a reduced role. Uh, he almost, I, I always make joke of this. He had like basically one foot in the parking lot. You know, I mean, he was probably looking for another opportunity somewhere else. And just so happened this one came about. So he's got a veteran leader in Sean Lee. He's got a lot of young kids, though. That's a position that is not settled by any means. He's going to have to grab that by the horns and run that group through and get the best three guys, four guys, five guys, whatever he has to do uh, to, to, to help this defense because they can't be bad at that position again. It'll be interesting to see if he carries over his enthusiasm he showed with the rookies now that the veterans are here, because right. he was about as vocal yeah. uh, in attention to detail. What guy. four practices? Mm-hmm. Then I'd seen him in four years, just right. constantly teaching. Yeah. Out there. yeah, yeah. And the other good thing about this deal now is you've got two defensive coordinators on this team: Chris Richard, uh, Rod Marinelli. So if Richard's taking care of picking up the nickel passing game. Uh, and the secondary, he's kind of overlapping with those linebackers. Right. So you've got a guy that's going to keep an eye on maybe the young coach that to, uh, to make sure that everything's working well. Yep. Yes, very true. All right, well, we are going to take our final break here on Talking Cowboys. When we come back, we will have Rob's Twitter poll talking about depth concerns. So if you haven't oh, voted, the if, poll, huh? if you haven't voted, make sure you do that during our break right now. Make this Cowboys grab fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. 
Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. This is talking cowboys oh what about papa john's pizzas should we talk about that sure why not because we know that papa john's tastes so great because of the ingredients like those veggies fresh old never frozen and the pepperoni 100 pork and beef and with ingredients like that you have better pizza and it's got to be Papa John's. There you go. Thank you, Mickey. Yes, we are back here for our final segment of Talking Cowboys today. And without further ado, of course, Rob's Twitter poll that we look forward to in our last segment every week. What's today's? You got time to vote real quick? Is the voting close? It's Yeah, it's close. Will my You're one done. vote make a difference? No. Okay. Because you never vote for anything that did we Did you actually... vote today in the primaries? No, I did not. Okay. You got till 7 o'clock. Okay, thank oh, okay. you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you're out of time. Nice drop, Doug. Appreciate that. All right, you said last segment, you asked me, are the Cowboys better? Yeah. It's, it's remained to be seen for me. Uh-huh. You think so. Oh, yeah. But there are some questions on this roster. So my question today, which position concerns you depth-wise that they still have questions about? And I got four options for you. Defensive tackle, Malik Collins out right now. Wide receiver. No Terrence Williams at this time recovering. Safety. Boy, we've talked about that position a lot. Mm. Or tight end without the GOAT. That's interesting. Which way'd you go, Mick? Wide receiver. Why? Because I'm not sure who the starters are, let alone what the depth is. So if I ain't got a lead guy, I'm worried about who's behind him. Can I ask a question real quick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They keep talking about that they don't have they don't need a lead guy. Yeah. You sound like you're not too happy with that. It's like when someone tells me they've got two starting quarterbacks. They have no starting quarterbacks. Right. So So you're saying they have seven somebody's guys. Somebody's got to be a threat, okay? Yeah. Somebody's got to be a threat. So you're not buying the I don't need a number one receiver bit? Uh, no. Is the Tom Brady analogy a bad one because it's Tom Brady? Like is Tom, Tom Brady's had a great receiver like once in his career. Like a great, great receiver. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Randy Moss? Yeah. And other than that, he's had a lot of – Really good to average receivers. How much of that? You better is have Tom Brady playing you bet, quarterback. You better have Tom Brady. Yeah, I'm not saying Tom Brady it, a quarterback. Maybe, maybe, maybe and usually too. New England's defense too. By the way, it's been pretty good. Yeah, 
I think I, I'm, what was I'm your a, vote. That's my vote. I voted defensive tackle. Okay. I don't think they have that position settled at all. I really don't. And and I don't think behind it, if you can you can you can tell me all you want about Brian Price and Jihad Ward and all those guys until I see it. Mm-mm. I'm not, I'm not going to go there. Jihad Ward better be a player for he them. He better be a player for them. If he's not, then that this team is – and Will McClay and Marinelli obviously have a vision for the player. But that they do not – with with Malik Collins out, I, I thought that's why going after uh, going after McClain was going to be a big thing. You get him back in, now you can kind of settle some things down. But I don't think they've settled that thing down at all. You got Defense the feeling that, he didn't want to be here, McClain? I don't think if he wanted to be here, he wouldn't have like spin around all day like he's waiting I in the know, lobby to fly. Sound, you know, it didn't sound like it was money. Say what? You got one? I got one. I got one. I went with safety. I'm with you. All right. Felt like that was obvious, but I do think that it's manageable. And I'm gonna pull a Mickey Spagnola here, and I have a write-in one do because it. I really read the question, and to me, when you said what roster positions depth concerns you. I think at this point, this is a 90-man roster we're uh-huh. working with. Yeah. And we, that will be the case until September 9th when they open at Carolina. Right. But when I was reading this, the guy that kind of concerns me that, you know, hopefully in the offseason he's had a chance to recuperate and get back to the guy we know and love, and that's Dan Bailey. Ooh. The kicker position depth currently does concern me hmm. because of the fact that what we saw at the end of last season was not the Dan Bailey, the Pro Bowl Dan Bailey that I felt like we had seen in years before. Of course, he's been dealing with that ailing back. Mm -hmm. But I wonder in the offseason, you know, we talk about these guys getting extra reps, getting things doing. Dan Bailey is notorious for being here at the Star, for recovering. Yeah, he's an award winner, no doubt. But the one thing that does kind of concern me is that his Loved coach, Rich Bisaccia, is now out at Oakland mm-hmm. coaching for the Raiders. I know he loves Keith O'Quinn, the guy who is now the special teams coordinator. But Dan Bailey, will he be able to come back from last year's injuries, have the confidence? Because you talk about confidence in players. There's no one player on that team that needs more confidence than Dan Bailey. Yeah, that's that's a good one. I good like point. that, right? I, I talked to him a couple weeks ago at an event, and he's he said, getting healthy, getting back in a rhythm feeling good so but once we get out there we'll have to see I, I think it just I think it kind of snowballed on him a little bit too you know just being out of rhythm I think he came back pretty much healthy uh, but is it's like a golf swing that kick and deal you know and it can kind of go south mentally at times I think that might have been something that had to do with him. that's a good write-in we all have this different votes I like that yeah, I don't too. always yeah, do that yeah. I got tied in I said when you got nine total catches among your tight end group all by Jeff Swain there's a concern. Yeah, a little bit. And I, I think Dalton Schultz is going to be a good player. I think Jeff Swaim is an underrated guy, but you got to have somebody step up there. Who won? Safety, 51%. I'm with the people. Everybody else was around 15%. I'm yeah. with the people. And, and there's, there's, by the way, there's one position with no depth whatsoever. What's that? Quarterback. Well, it's, you know, depending they drafted on. drafted a guy. De- depending on, yeah. Yeah, but there's no depth. I, you know what? I, I'm not. I'm not as down. I'm not, you're not saying you're down. No, I'm not saying I'm down. But I'm but saying I think if you're, you're like Mike question, White, and, and I might. You might. You like Mike White. But is he ready to go in at the drop of a hat 
with no practice all week? You know, you're two, all two, about that veteran year, backup. Two, I didn't say veteran. I just said ago, somebody proven. You asked depth. There's no depth. Two years ago, you wouldn't have said the same thing about Dak Prescott, wouldn't you? No, yeah, he surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you I think Mike's a better player. That's okay. Me. I, I, I value But I, Dak didn't have to be the backup. Yeah. He got to practice, right? All week, oh. all the rest of the offseason. He surprised me at that Rams game. All the preseasons. Yeah. How yeah. much work do you think Mike White's going to get? Oh, if they're smart, they throw him out there quite a bit. <laughs> all right. You, I mean, you it, said proven, Mickey, and I like that phrase. Who is proven out there that could be a possibility for the Cowboys? Is there anybody out there available to? Oh, play I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't know I think, that you want to uh, waste money on a veteran. But I'm just saying, you at the question was depth. And yeah. there's no depth. I think they've decided we traded draft pick for Matt Castle. We invested in Mark Sanchez. Where did that get us? We might as well. Jerry. Now, Jerry's not expecting, I don't think, every guy they invest in, a young guy to be Dak Prescott. But you might as well invest in a young guy and hope that your, your development can turn him into something as opposed to a guy who's probably on the downside of his career. I think they're done with that. How much does Kellen Moore help in this instance of the fact that he was – literally on the 53-man roster last season. Now he's in the role as quarterback coach, and he's having to kind of give those mental reps to these guys because, of course, it's a lot different than the Romo Wednesdays that those other veteran quarterbacks you mentioned were able to benefit from. It's a good name. We didn't even mention Kellen as far as coaches. Yeah, Kellen Moore being there to kind of help these guys, and I like what Mickey said, prove themselves – Prove themselves worthy of being behind Dak Prescott. I think where it helps, I think where Kellen Moore helps is he could be the buffer between the offensive coaches and the quarterbacks. That if if a guy, if Mike White has a problem, if Cooper Rush has a problem, even if Dak Prescott has a problem, he can go into those players can go into Kellen Moore and say, Hey, listen, this is my issue. This is the problem I'm having. Then you have then you have Kellen Moore, and I've sat in these staff meetings before where you have the buffer coaches that come in and they kind of explain to everybody, hey, he, this guy has this issue. We start talking about cutting guys. Like translators. Yeah, also. exactly, exactly. Kellen Moore will be able to translate. It's easier for someone, a quarterback or any position, to walk into a coach and say, hey, listen, this is my issue, instead of going into Scott Linehan's office or going into the head coach's office. It's easier for him just to walk into the position coach and say, hey, you know, I, I'm having a problem here and we need to think. I, I like this as part of the game plan. I don't think this is going to work as part of the game plan. So I think that's where Kellen Moore, at least his first year, he's going to be that buffer that helps the quarterbacks as a group if they're having issues. And being able to be on the field to kind of as Scott and Jason and those guys are coaching guys up. Then you'll see, you know, uh, Kellen will have the game plan or is the practice sheet in his hand, and he'll be walking them through. Okay, hey, look for this, look for this, look for this. I think that's where he's going to be the most helpful. That's a huge benefit. I think that's a great advantage he can add to this team. Yeah, well, yeah. So safety, huh? I, I, I just, that's what won. Yes, big, big. See, like 50, what was fifty-one percent? See, people are still dreaming about getting that guy from Seattle. That's their dream. Earl Thomas hangover. Yeah. yeah. They're still dreaming about that. They really are. They they just, you know, and we've talked about it. We talked about it on the draft show leading up. We thought they were going to trade for, you know, for more. You know, they were trying to move up. No, they were moving up for Armstrong in the draft. So, you know, they're they're they obviously feel like that the guys they got, and I I I just think this is going to be initially the OTAs and then into training camp. And if it doesn't work out the way they think it's going to work out, 
then I think you could see them making a deal. I really do. I don't think they're going to go into this thing. They're going to let these young guys fail. They're going to let for now Xavier yeah, they're, Woods. They're going to let Xavier Woods fail. Mickey's talked about what's happened, could potentially what happened with Byron Jones. If the things don't work out for Byron Jones, you could bring him back to safety. I think that's kind of their little bit of their ace in their hole. I, if, if things don't work out, then okay, well we need Byron Jones to move back to safety. Mickey, you have a little faith. I just on the I, no, I'm just saying it's a possibility because you, you're going to end he's up not with wrong. too many corners. I don't think right? he's wrong. And Somebody's going to get eliminated. Well, we've yet. said if you're going to move him out there, you're probably moving out, him start. out there to start, right? Right. right. Well, I think so. But he's got to be good enough to start. And they don't know that. What did he start? Four games at corner as a rookie? Something and hadn't like played that. there since? He's played now, 44 games at safety now. If they want him inside, that's a different story. Then somebody's got to start on the outside. My point on the safety thing is, and I'm not minimizing the safety position, and I think if you have a good one, it really helps you. A ton. But I don't think any team has ever finished the season and said, you know what, if I just had a better safety, I would have made the playoffs. Am I right? I think if you— If you use that as an excuse— I, Not an excuse— Barry Church was a stabilizing presence for them a couple years ago when they I mean, won 13 games. AFC he, Championship game last year with yeah, Barry Church. Yeah, I understand. When he came back from that broken arm, I think they gave up less big plays. I, I, it's important to have. I think everybody felt very grateful for Jeff Heath as the safety when he rushed Derek Carr against that goal line yeah. and saved them in the Oakland Raiders at the oh. end of December. He had, goat, more, he had more interceptions last year than Earl Thomas. He is the GOAT. Well, but, the, he but, is the ghost. but Mickey, your question, though, I think, though, that if you look at what happened in the Chargers game, they were bad at corner and they were bad in the back end with some of the plays that were going down the field. I think that's when you make the determination that we've got to do something different. If it's different at slot corner, if it's different at right corner, left corner, we've got to do something different at safety, though, too. I mean, I think that's where the determinations. Uh, personally, if I think if Connor Williams wasn't on the board at 50, they would have made the pick. They would have traded for Earl Thomas. I do believe that with my heart. But they 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 thought more of they thought more of Connor Williams than they did Earl Thomas. I'm just hoping that poor Byron Jones can figure it out this year. Going into his fourth season, you know, I got a chance to talk to him in the off season, and I said, "Oh, you know, everyone's talking about where you're going to be playing again." And he goes, "I just wish." I could go into an off season and know where I'm playing. And it was funny because we were around some other people and he goes, it's like if you're a pilot and they keep telling you, okay, you're the best pilot, go fly the plane, go fly the plane. But you're also a great personality. You could be a great flight attendant. Yeah. Go do this. Well, eventually the plane's going to crash because yeah. you don't figure out who's the pilot and who's the flight attendant. Yeah. And so that's how he feels right now is that, he doesn't know how he is going to be best utilized. Well, on they this picked team. up his option though too. That's a pretty big commitment right there to saying, okay, we're going to try and figure it out. Yeah. Whatever, whatever. If you're the pilot or the stewardess, we're going to figure out which one you are by picking up his option. I wonder if there is a some confidence that he can get from having a guy like Richard come in who has a track record, Legion of Boom. I know what I'm looking for. I scouted you at UConn coming out of the draft as a corner. Yeah, as a I know exactly how to use you. Maybe he's going to trust in that, and we'll see how it goes. My understanding is they're going to play the technique at the corner in man differently from inside hip to outside hip or right. outside hip to inside hip, which may be more conducive for him playing on the outside. Yeah. Hey, he knew what he was the last two years. He was a safety. Right. And they moved him into the slot, mm -hmm. right? So, And the problem to me was when he went into the slot because Orlando Skandrick didn't want to play, then you got Kayvon Frazier 
deep and single safety. Right. That that can't happen again. No. You know, it's got to either be Jeff Heath or Xavier Woods. Yeah. But again, they needed Xavier Woods to go into the slot. See, I don't know what Xavier Woods is with this organization. He's been bouncing around since he got here. You're yeah, right. I don't. Ryan. I don't quite know what his. You know, will he? You know, we, we've got. You've got a couple of guys that potentially could be slot corners. When you talk about Lewis Brown, Xavier Woods was your slot corner the last five games of the season. Right. Where is his role now? Is he going to be a true free safety? I don't know if, if you play him down. I don't know if he's physical enough to play down in in the box area. I think Heath plays down. Xavier Woods is at free safety. Yeah, and then Lewis and. But, and Anthony Brown are your slot guys. But you I talk you talk to people in the organization, they'll tell you though they like Jeff Heath playing deep where he can break on ball, where he can run. That he doesn't get to use his quickness and his burst when he plays down. So, play, so if somebody play him deep and let him run, that's that was their plan. Well, if you look at how Richard has played his defense in Seattle. Yeah. They play a lot of single safety high. Yeah, they sure do. So if that's Jeff Heath, fine, yeah. then that re- okay. frees up the other guys. But what does that do for Xavier Woods if you're putting him down in the box then and he's he can not go physical? play the other the other uh maybe they play more dime and, and you put him in yeah. the slot. See, that's where Marinelli we had this discussion. Marinelli doesn't want to play a bunch of dime. I mean he is he said he goes, give me an opportunity to play more nickel is what he wants. That might be their strength yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, I, I was You're saying a, that dime would be their strength, Mickey. Well, if you have enough corners yeah, to play DBs in the slot, he, he, yeah. that he, can he, also play the run. When we talked to him after practice, he felt like he was playing too much dime, and it, and it felt like it hurt him. He mm-hmm. says, "If I can play more nickel, I, I want to do that because that means that's that helps him in the running game as well." Mm-hmm. So then, is that a personnel issue? Yeah, you got to use what's best what you've got to work with. Yeah, and you um, hope Sean Lee's on the field. Yeah. Yes. Sean Lee can never leave that field. No. We've realized that yeah. very thoroughly. Well, maybe they've got a, a possibility now if Jalen Smith can play and Van Der Esch is what he is. Yeah. Um, then maybe you have a possibility there. The best thing that Van Der Esch can do, in my opinion, guys, is cover. That's the be- That's his best trait that I saw on tape. Now, can he develop the stuff, the instincts, and you know if he's you know watching Sean Lee, you know the one thing Sean Lee doesn't get blocked because he knows okay formation, ball's going that way, boom, I gone, you know that kind of thing. So that's where that's where Leighton Vanderish he can't be like slow reading. You got to read fast and flow and get out of there so you don't get blocked. If you can maintain that ability, you can maintain that separation, then you're going to make a lot of plays. I'm feeling very happy to see the foot brace off of Jalen Smith as well. So yes, we'll see, you know, we'll see how long that lasts. But if that's a step in the right direction, yeah. I mean, when Heavy he was hitting brace, uh, when he was hitting in that home run derby, he yeah. didn't have any problems planting his left foot and yeah. swinging. So that's a good sign. So we'll see. But again, it's getting back to playing football. Yeah. Um, Oh, it's almost time to go. Almost, you know what? I double-checked the elusive light pole, too, by the way, this morning. Yeah. You are oh. good. You're on and top And I of still it. can't find one that's got a dent no, in it. No or, sky or blue paint? Nick or sky blue paint, either. It's a mystery. We'll find so it. So we're going to have to find that. All right. Well, it is May 22nd, 2018. And if you guys are listening, that means that we're at the start of OTA. So this episode in particular will be so fascinating for us to go back and yeah. listen to because... There's a lot of talk, a lot of speculation, and we just got to see some football being played. So next time we talk to you guys next week, we will have watched an OTA practice. We will have more answers for you, and join us then. Thank you guys so much, and thank you, Douglas, for manning the production in there. We will be back next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!